Part 1. The Christian Passover Introduction Some years ago, morning worship at an Anglican church I used to attend was suddenly subjected to some changes by the church leaders. In particular, we were asked to treat the ten minutes or so before the service started as a time of preparation for worship, and, in order to achieve this state of preparedness, we were asked to desist from talking and join in chorus singing or engage in quiet meditation instead. Some weeks later, this ten-minute spiritual warm-up ceased to be optional. The whole congregation was directed from the front by the sing-song maestro to join in with the chorus singing. No choice for the individual was deemed appropriate any longer, and an attempt was made to make sure that everyone joined in with the chorus singing. A spiritual equivalent of the three-line whip was imposed. The obvious implication of this was that talking prior to the start of the service is not appropriate and hinders the creation of the right mood for morning worship. By way of justification for these changes, we were asked to consider that we must constantly examine what we do in church to ensure that it helps us to focus on the transcendence of God. This kind of attitude to worship is not an idiosyncrasy of the particular church I then attended. It is common across the whole spectrum of church life in the UK, among the Reformed churches, no less than the Charismatic, in non-conformist churches and Anglican churches, low churches as well as high churches. The creation of the right mood or state of mind is deemed essential to spiritual worship. It would not be going too far to say that for many Christians, this kind of mood is equated with being led by the Holy Spirit, that is, it is considered to be a state of being in the Spirit. Such a mood is deemed especially appropriate if we are to partake of the divine mystery of the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, which is, as befits such an understanding of being in the presence of God, a most solemn, indeed almost morbid, event celebrated with the utmost gravitas. Now, it is true that we must understand the transcendence of God and that our worship must express our recognition of the attribute of the divine nature. But Christianity teaches also the immanence of God. To downplay either side of this theological equation, will result in an unbalanced practice of the faith, both in personal life and in corporate worship. It is my belief that the Church's understanding of this truth is, on the whole, unbalanced, and that this imbalance works itself out in the practice of the Christian life, both individually and corporately, and, among other things, in the way that we worship together. Of course, I agree that we should constantly examine what we do in Church carefully, Ecclesia Reformata, Semper Reformanda, the Church Reformed, must be ever reforming, was a shibboleth of the Reformation that has too often been forgotten by the heirs of the Reformation. Reform, according to the Word of God, is a biblical ideal. However, the argument that we should desist from talking in church, that church is for spiritual services and activities, makes a number of assumptions that I believe cannot be justified from Scripture. It is true that we should examine what we do in church, and it is because that this is true that I want to discuss this issue in more detail, try to expose some of these assumptions, and see what the Bible has to say about how we should worship together. Perhaps I ought to make it clear at the outset, however, that I fundamentally disagree with the idea that worship requires the creation of a mood that is only consistent with quiet meditation or chorus singing. Speaking personally, I find that the singing of choruses and the kind of mood that is supposed to be created by them does not direct my mind or body to the worship that God requires of us, as I understand this biblically. Furthermore, 
This perspective assumes that talking to each other is somehow inherently unspiritual and inappropriate in church. This also I profoundly disagree with. I object as much to the imposition of this erroneous idea of spirituality on the church as those who object to the talk they deem inappropriate before the church service starts because they believe this time should be used for getting oneself into the right mood. So how are we to arrive at a common mind on this issue? Well, the only way, that is, the only Christian way, is to search the scriptures in an attempt to ascertain what it is that God's word requires of us in worship. If we are truly seeking God's will, we should then be able to unite on the way forward, theoretically. In this essay, I shall attempt to point the way to what I believe the Bible really says about how we should worship, particularly in the context of the Christian Passover, that is, the Eucharist.